Alright, stop. Collaborate and listen. Johnny's back with a brand new episode. Something. Grabs a hold of me tightly. Picking headliners daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights, huh? And I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a jump like a candle. Dance. Rush the speaker that booms. I'm filling your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it, you better gain weight. You better hit the bulls out the kids don't play. And if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while Tommy revolves it. Your best, baby. Your best, baby. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of your Festa podcast that's all about music festivals. I am one of your hosts, Vanilla Johnny, and I'm here as ever and always by my nostachioed still co-host, Mr. Tommy Stewart. Tommy, how are you doing today? Yeah, very well. I was just a bit annoyed that you didn't give me like some sort of nickname, like Ice Tommy. That sounds like the worst Starbucks order you could possibly, <laughs> uh, possibly ever get. Um, well, if you're Vanilla Johnny, I just want something, I don't know. Ice no. tea. Well, or there you go. Okay. Or even taken, if it would be Shit, nice. Yeah. Anyway, for anybody that hasn't listened to your fest before, do you want to give a brief explainer of what we're all about? Yeah, every week we invite a guest on to talk about their dream festival. It can be any acts, dead or alive, from any point in time. And they have to pick days of the week and a name for their festival. And also a location. And our guest this oh, week... And our guest this week is 33% of Pappies, 50% of Crunch and Crumble, and 100% of Matthew Crosby. It's Matthew Crosby. Matthew is an excellent comedian, as well as a great radio show host and podcaster. And he's also a writer on shows like The Last Leg and Hypothetical, and someone that we have been wanting to get on this podcast for quite a long time, if we're being honest, haven't we, Tommy? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, also a bloody lovely man to boot, as you'll find out. Um, and yeah, he's been a, he's been a big, uh, what's the word? Not white whale. I mean, a white whale would be like, I don't know. Um, who would be our biggest white whale? Oh yeah. Richard Blackwood, obviously, but he has been a, uh, what should we say? A white dolphin. I'm going to, I'm going to coin now. Is that okay? Does that work? He's just been someone we've wanted to get on the podcast okay. for a while. And yeah. now we've got him. So let's get on to we'll episode 21 of Your Fest with Matthew Crosby. Here we go. Let's go. Choo choo and yeehaw. Matthew Crosby, welcome to Your Fest and to the Your Fest planning committee. How are you doing? I'm very well, Johnny. How are you, man? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. I managed to get that in nice and nice yeah. and early. Total. Just, well, it's, you know, I, I, it's really important to get the lay of the land before we start the podcast proper, just to find out how you are. Because if I'm, you know, if I'm really up, but you're really down, you know, we got, I've, I've got to temper myself slightly, haven't I? I've got to, I've got to meet you somewhere. I've got to meet you midway. Meet me in the middle. Tommy, how are you doing? Well, as there's three of us, you know, if, say, one of us is high, one of us is medium, one of us is low, then we can um, find some sort of equilibrium there. But no, I'm actually, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, other okay. than the... Uh, so we've got, we've got two very wells and a pretty good. Pretty I think that's good. fine, isn't it? Pretty, pretty yeah. good, yeah. Pretty, pretty good. I did think Tommy was going to say there's three of us in this marriage for a minute and uh, <laughs> Listen, in, we'll, invoke his we'll, name at Princess Diana. I wish. 
we've only just started let's not <laughs> who knows how it's going to turn out maybe you know maybe during the course of this podcast my my current marriage will dissolve i hope not <laughs> no you know what, actually you know what's getting me the only thing getting me down i, I only noticed it when i woke up today is uh, I think I've got mould. I think I'm getting damp in my room. Uh, um, it's a killer. And you know what? Uh, uh, do, uh, do you? Uh, this is the kind of chat you wanted right early doors, isn't it? Do you rent or buy? Is it yours? We rent. We rent. Right. So that's the that's the landlord's problem, but it's an expensive problem to fix. And exactly. It does feel like the sort of thing that landlords will go. Ah, we'll stick a coat of paint over the top. You know? That's what he does. Like oh, God no. bless him. No, I, I, I no. like my landlord's great. I've been I've been in this place for four years. Um, the rent's good. Uh, we'd have to pay a deposit. He's like an old Irish man called Peter. Big up Peter, probably not listening. Don't think he knows what a podcast is. He doesn't even have a, a mobile phone, actually. God bless him. But uh, last time we had mould, which was in the hallway, he just kept, every few months it re-emerged and he just kept getting his guy to paint it over. And yeah. I know it, no, it, it, Paint does a lot of things, but the, the, the one thing it will not do is get rid of mould. Do, yeah. do you have vents in all of your rooms as well? I mean, I've got, I've got windows, but they're sort of like vents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you, <laughs> you know, them... I noticed the other day was it, the reason I, I suspected it, and then I, I confirmed it today by just looking up, like in the corner of my room. But uh, just some of my clothes in that bit of the room that were uh, kind of hanging up, I just like pulled out these trousers that I must not have worn in six months, and, and they were just covered in it. I was like, oh, what's that? That's like. Is that just some random dust? Anyway, I had a feel of like there's definitely some mold lurking around here somewhere. Just had to look up from my bed and there it is. Looking there it me. is. There it is on the ceiling. Yeah, that's where it will start. I tell you what you can do is if you get yourself down to home base, you can mm -hmm. get um, you can get a thing that sort of sucks the moisture out of the air. Uh, they're pretty they're pretty cheap. Ooh. And uh, we use one of those for the uh, for the sort of damp under our house. That was not a sort of solvable problem with 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 vents and brickwork. I didn't I mean, expect the Yorfest Pappy's flat share uh, <laughs> mashup to be quite so literal in terms of solving these sort of problems. But thing is, genuinely, like whether this makes the cut or not, that's that's kind of like improved my day a lot that you've told me about you know, this construction. <laughs> I, I, I say keep it all in. A, it's good advice, <laughs> yeah. and B, if people don't like that. Then they're in for a long hour. You know? <laughs> if they don't enjoy that, they're not going to enjoy my company for the next forty-five minutes. Let's just—I use that as a sort of uh, as a kind of uh, verbal cattle grid. Some some people are going to be able to drive over that no problem. Other people are going to be there with their hooves stuck in it, going, "Why did I bother?" You were rubbing your hands together as soon as I mentioned the mold. You're like, "Oh, this is a chance." Well, listen, I've just I've just moved house. I've got I've got a very good I've got a very good damp guy, um, uh, Nathan, who. Uh, very competitive rates. However, I think you might be outside of the, his catchment zone. He generally yeah. serves the, the London and the southeast. Oh, uh, um, he won't come to Manchester then. I don't. I don't but think no. so. I mean, uh, I, I don't think uh, a little bit of mould in a bedroom is enough of a job to get him travelling. My last thing on this, my worry about mould is like, can it? Can it like make me ill? Can it, yes, like, it can you? make you ill. Yeah, it can't. It can't. It probably won't kill you. But if you, you know, in this time when um, no, we're very, very concerned about our respiratory problems, I would say yeah. mold is not something you want to have sitting on your lungs while you sleep. You know, Matthew, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call, and I've got asthma. I'm gonna call him after this. Oh, as an asthmatic, absolutely. Yeah. If you, I'm gonna call you, my landlord. Yeah, your, 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 your poor little baby lungs. No, I don't want to. <laughs> 
if if this podcast can save one life, even if it's the life of one of the hosts, then we've done our job. <laughs> so that, that's our mold chat done for this episode. <laughs> we can tick that off. Got, Johnny said, basically, I'll introduce the podcast. You and Tommy do your mold stuff up the top. Then we'll get on to talking about festivals. Yeah, we, we, we finally managed to go well. into festivals now. So, um, on your Radio X show, you have a bit of a, a reputation as being an old git. If you don't mind me bringing that up. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Does that yeah. translate into your opinion of festivals, or are you still young at heart and still enjoy them? Well, you know what the the old gitness is like it is not necessarily uh, exclusive to you know. It doesn't mean you you couldn't go to a festival because uh, if if you go to if you go to something like Glastonbury, some of the most interesting figures are the people who are have been going since it started. You know, like the pro- the proper old gits of the festival. You know, when they remember when this was all just fields. Like they they, they it's a, it's got that. You know, I, I I think you can be an old fogey and still. In fact, a lot of festivals the musical lineup suggests old foginess. I mean, Hawkwind are never not playing festivals, are they? <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, you know, obviously Glastonbury now is, it's a lot more modern. When I was, like the last time I was there a couple of years ago, like Katy Perry played. That's my idea of, that's my idea of a modern, <laughs> a modern act. <laughs> she is, well, she's and, doing and well Katie, in the hit parade. So. She's in, yeah, exactly. And good luck to her in the charts this week. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's, there's still plenty of still Sorry, plenty of old. Alexa. <laughs> Sorry, is, is Alexa now playing that. Katy Perry? She, I can tell you now, she's not one of the acts playing at my festival. <laughs> You'll find well, out no, why. Well, Ed, when, when we had Ed on, he, um, he he said about well this whole thing. Uh, I, I think so more so with the likes of. Um, of download and like heavy music festivals that it's kind of recycled especially the headlines it's recycled like nine to twelve acts of of old yeah all the same people used to play at donnington uh, monsters of rock you know it's just it, like ever ever since since i was a young kid buying kerrang magazine there are loads of bands obviously there are newer bands playing there but a lot of the headliners they're still they're still booking kiss you know various iterations of Aussie and black sabbath have, have headlined it a bunch of times um bands like white snake who you're like i mean i you know i I've, I've been to see white snake live i, I think they're, they're amazing but they haven't had you know they've not had a i mean they've not had a big song in the charts for well for forever really i can't think well they well they have like i i'm a, i'm only a um entry-level metal fan unlike probably well johnny's face lit up as soon as kiss was mentioned but i i, I don't even yeah i love black sabbath actually and i love uh you know sister down guns roses slipknot whatever like the, yes. the big ones so i don't think i know a, a white snake song really as someone who's here i you know, go again on my own okay Yeah, that's that's their that's their their big one. But that could be that could be like Rainbow. I, I don't know. You know yeah, it's be... but it, yeah, one of those inter, one of those interchangeable metal yeah, yeah. metal bands. Yeah, yeah. They're very much at the home TV on show a, with yeah. Zippy and George. They're very much <laughs> at home on a uh, 
a driving a top gear driving cd yeah Andy Stobart. Austin. yeah yeah although i think even now you know you you you, you pick up those albums they always sort of push them for um father's day well, I was what I was going to say about um, White Snake. I mean, I've, I I like White Snake. I've I've got I've got a lot of time for them, but they're not. Uh, they're quite a sort of unreconstructed band. That um, you know the you know that their their big song has been re-recorded several times with with lyric changes. Uh, no, so cool. did you you know? So it's, here I go again on my own. Uh, the chorus goes um, like a drifter. I was born to walk alone, and uh, originally. The lyrics were like a hobo. I was born to walk alone, right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know, it's not yeah. a very not not a very sort of British term for the British David Coverdale to use. But um, he but apparently he um, he changed it to Drifter when they re- released the single because he was worried that people would think he was singing. And excuse me for saying this, but like a homo, I was born to walk alone. <laughs> He's a man who I think, despite having you know. Uh, like hair like an auntie is not someone who's like he's he, he, quite he, i think his masculinity is easily affronted um but uh but yeah no i oh, bless him. yeah poor old poor old white snake but yeah it's that seems to be that that is the download festival i'm sure if you're a proper metal fan as ed is there are bands lower down the lineup that kind of sort of slake your thirst but when it gets to the end of the night you're basically stuck with watching somebody who is like in their seventies. Well, that, I think that's the, the conversation we have had with Ed, and I actually had this conversation with my friend the other day, who's a massive um, Architects fan, and we're saying, are they like the sort? Are, are there are there people kind of on the periphery of like younger bands who can kind of break the mold and be the next headliners at Download? Yeah, I wonder if I mean again, I, I'm not I'm not an expert on this, or I wouldn't be able to say. But is the is the fact that like bands like Black Sabbath, kind of everyone can agree they're good. But yeah. if there's a band that you know, if there's a band that can that ordinarily does stadiums that would be in the kind of metal genre, is there a chance that like proper metalers would see them as a bit naff? Does that? Yeah. I mean, that might that might be the reason. Again. Yeah, you're asking. I mean, I don't know why I've taken myself to. I'm, I'm basically answering the question that I'm the wrong half of the double actor answer. <laughs> but, um, but you're yeah. the spokesperson of uh, British metal. Apparently so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are, Johnny. If you've got any, I don't know. Like we said earlier, um, Kiss are still headlining, and as much as I love Kiss, you need to sort of move on from having them there. And Iron Maiden still do it, and. You know, it's the same old Ozzy Osbourne still doing it. I don't think there is anyone, like you say, they have the gravitas of when metal was really big and when metal really broke into the mainstream, which was like the 70s and a bit of the 80s and like people like Bon Jovi and Guns N' Roses came through and they were huge mainstream metal bands. That's not really happened again. And like, you're not going to get Limp Bizkit. They did come an Evanescence and those sort of bands that did break through in the early 2000s. They're not. They've not got the same gravitas. And would, would Guns and Roses? I mean, would they do a download festival? Are they are they metal enough to be metal? They always struck me as. I mean, they're a, they're a kind of like hard rock sunset strip band, you know. I mean, they they. I don't know if they would have the. And also as well, you know, I, can you rely on Guns and Roses as a headliner? No, you know, they're not going. No, I, I can. There's a good chance they're not going to show up, or they're going to show up yeah. three hours late and be rubbish, and Axel won't be able to sing anymore. And then, well, Le- Leeds Festival 2010, um, as it's not like, but the lineup. What was the lineup that year? So we went because all the headliners were 
at that age, at 1920, we were so excited about every headliner. So it yeah. was Blink 182's comeback, Libertine's right, yes. comeback, and Guns N' Roses' comeback. Which now I kind I like of the way, like... even at the age of 19, you're going, Well, I've got to see the band second time around. <laughs> it's like, you know, isn't that the sort of thing like that's the sort of thing I'm doing now in my in my 40s? I'm yeah. going to see bands, you know, performing their, their well, albums well, years ago. It, it was sold so well as uh, you'll never see the this might be their one off comebacks and yes. you might never see them again, especially Libertines, because growing up they were like my. You know, generational band. It was like them, Arctic Monkeys, and the Strokes. Yeah. Um, when I was so, like fifteen. So their idea was let's get three bands of like insane alcoholic drug addicts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and pin our entire <laughs> festival around them showing up on time and playing a good set. And the only ones who showed up on time and played a good set out of the three of them was the Libertines. Actually, they oh, were good for them. Good for them. They were they were they were absolutely <laughs> amazing. And Pete Doherty was like. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it for the cash bill, for, for the tax bill. I need to pay the tax man and stuff like that. But yeah, fuck it. They played a good set. But Blink-182 were just looking 40 years old and doing fart jokes, uh, which right, was, and yeah. they just sounded terrible and out of tune. And then Guns N' Roses, we waited for two hours. And we only waited that long just so that when they started, that we could boo them. And everyone waited. <laughs> everyone waited to boo them and absolutely, like, you know, like throw drinks at them and give them shit and then i would say 60 percent of the crowd just dispersed so yeah we, we we got 30 seconds into um uh welcome to the jungle or whatever they started with and then we booed a lot and shouted and then fucked off which most yeah. of the crowd did <laughs> You can't welcome us to the jungle two hours late. We've been in the jungle. We've been. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's, for us, it's like the Blair Witch Project. We've been strolling around the jungle, lost. <laughs> two days we've been in the fucking jungle. Exactly. <laughs> you can't show up and go. Oh, by the way, welcome to the jungle. We are the jungle now. We're more tendril than man. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the worry. I mean, I was because they were they were supposed to play in I think June. Or May of this year, and I was, you know, uh, Ed and I were planning on going to see them, um, but obviously that didn't happen because of the pandemic. But there was always that worry because I never saw them first time around. Guns and Roses, and I love Guns and Roses. When I was uh, so, when I was twelve, Usual Illusion two, uh, Usual Illusion one and two came out. I had my. It's funny, like I didn't have both of them. My friend Ed had Usual Illusion one, I had Usual Illusion two, and we'd swap. <laughs> but so the one I actually owned was Usual Illusion two. Um, but. Uh, I, I, I love them so much, you know, I was just a, a completely obsessed with them. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the right thing to be going back to. The well, things you I've, loved I've, I've at 12. Pretty, I've heard they're pretty good this, like the last tour they did, I heard they were, you know, pretty on time and stuff and his his voice sounded better. And because my, my mate went to the ACDC gigs with, with uh, Axel singing and he said, he, like, it was fucking amazing. Like he said, he his voice was brilliant, and oh, that's good. I don't know. Maybe ACDC whipped him into shape. Maybe Angus Young uh, <laughs> sorted him out. 
Yeah, because they sort of have, have never really gone away, ACDC. They've never had to stop because yeah. they've... Uh, they they yeah. just change lead singers when one of them dies. <laughs> <laughs> like Doctor Who. <laughs> Are they regenerating? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, I like the fact that, that what made... Guns N' Roses so good was that they showed up on time. That was one of the big selling points. Yeah. I think that's literally a joke out of Spinal Tap, isn't it? That they were yeah. one of the most punctual bands. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what you do. Maybe that's how you, you, you build your reputation up. You do really appalling, like a yeah. really appalling tour. And then every tour after that, again, well, at least it's not that tour from two years ago. Yeah. yeah. It, it reminds if they me say to... 7.30... May, you know, 7.35 maybe, but they're, they're, they're there before eight o'clock. What more it, can you ask? It reminds me of Trump with this, that, you know, that last election debate and all the headlines were like, Trump was surprisingly well behaved. <laughs> yeah. like, we're talking about a fucking president here. He did well shit behaved. in his hand and throw it at Joe Biden. So, you know, <laughs> good for him. Progress. We're making progress this with Donald. Real progress. Yeah. Um, should we... Um, just have a quick check. What, what sort of music festivals are you a fan of then as a, as a general thing? Do you, Reading and Leeds, Latitude always gets mentioned. So we're going to have to- Of course, yeah. There's, there's, there, there's like a kind of, there should be like a kind of QI klaxon that goes off behind my head if I say <laughs> Latitude, because that, I know that's a, that's a popular one. Because it's, and I'll tell you why it's popular with comedians is A, loads of them get booked because there's but, uh, several stages. It's not just a comedy stage. There's the comedy, the cabaret, uh, the theatre. So you might even get someone like, you know, a Daniel Kitson doing a show at the theatre tent. Um, there's the literary arena, which is where we always performed. Um, but, yeah, it's now called the Speakeasy, but it was, it was the literary arena. We started performing there uh, with Robin Ince in like 2007. But it's positioned at exactly the right time. It's like the start of July or the sort of second week of July. So it's close enough to Edinburgh that you should be able to preview something. You know, like there's lots of festivals throughout the year that sort of come at exactly the wrong time. Like the Leicester Comedy Festival comes in February. So you're bored of your old show, but you've not written a new one. It's like yeah. the wrong time. Whereas Latitude, by that point, you've probably previewed it a bunch of times. It won't be ready by any stretch. You've still got like the rest of the, you know, the next two, three weeks to, to get it ready. But it's a good place to go and do like the best 30 or 40 out of that show that's going to go up to Edinburgh. And because um, there's loads of us there, it feels like, it's both, you know, check out how good my material is in front of a nice big crowd and also have a big, my big final blowout before, um, I was going to say before Edinburgh, but that's just a month of, <laughs> month of blowouts, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I always think like the, I've never been to Latitude, but the picture in my head from speaking to like various comedians on this is like, are you guys, do you kind of feel like the rock stars that weekend? No, because they're actual rock stars there. <laughs> so not really. Is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I mean, like, you know, if you know, like Jarvis Cocker or, 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 or Grinderman with, you know, Nick Cave is going to be there, then you can't really go, do you know what? <laughs> I'm on at 3 p.m. at the speakeasy. I'm pretty hot shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, it's, more, it's more the sort of, you know, the kind of collegiate uh, mentality of everybody hanging out together. It's really fun. And also as well, it's 
it's still far enough away from Edinburgh that like the reviews haven't started, you know, no one's worrying about their stars. So you can actually genuinely hang out with people and get drunk and have a dance without them going, yeah, but the thing the list said about me, I'm still not quite over it, you know, or you know, <laughs> I've, I've had, I, I've had the judges in twice, but now they haven't been in for a week. Does that mean anything? You know, all of that kind of bullshit doesn't happen until sort of the second week of Edinburgh. So you're still a nice distance away from it, but no, I love latitude. Um, uh, I've I've been almost almost every every single year. I missed it two years ago to have a baby, but um, apart from that, yeah, love it. And how also as well, for? like we've we've done. Uh, what say what say that again? How, how long for? Sorry, like how, how long you've been going for? Since the first one, which was two thousand and five or six. Wow. So hell. so yeah. So so that's the other thing as well. I really like it just because I've been going for so long. I remember the, the first year because I think most festivals have like a kind of five year. You don't expect to make money in the first year. You've got like a five-year plan. The first year, I remember on the first day, there were so few people there that like a cricket game broke out in front of the main stage. Not a great sign for the promoters when you've got people playing cricket. I mean, it was before, you know, it wasn't during the headline set, but it was certainly, they were like, oh, there's a lot of space here. And it felt like you owned, you know, it felt like someone had put on a festival just for the few hundred people who showed up. And now it's obviously, it's massive and... You know, it's like, I, I, but, but I love it. I really li- like that. But I think if I was going to pick a uh, pick a festival to go to that I really enjoy, something like a Primavera or a Autumn Parties, because you're indoors. Yeah. Love, yeah. you know. I think that's uh, like in- increasingly now I'm less and less into camping. Just don't. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's my, that's tra- the trajectory. This whole, like we kind of start this pod, the inception of this podcast is that I was, into just all festivals and Johnny wasn't into them at all. But the more I talk about it the, and the old the older I get, like the more I realise it's just I'd much rather go to well, I go to Primavera. I've been for like the last four years and kind yeah. of as I got into my late twenties and hitting 30, stopped going camping. I had this conversation with a mate who, who he's from Sheffield but he lives in Amsterdam and he said we'll he said i've been listening to your podcast a lot and all the british you know we all all say british people i hate camping we all hate camping and it's like and i've just been camping with my dutch mates it's because like he's like because we camp like pigs (laughs) we don't do camping properly (laughs) he's like i went camping with them and they've got like it's just done right and it's very clean and it's it's like a nice cultural thing and our association with camping is that I, I didn't even go camping as a kid. I know a lot of people did, but my only association with camping is like Glastonbury and mud and yeah. and, and not and, showering and beer, like beer cans. And, and waking up in the morning and going, well, what can I eat? Like I either have to yeah. queue to one of the queue to one of the, the food stalls or I can eat this sliced cheese that I bought two days ago <laughs> that is now sweated and the, the the package is like puffed up, you know, in a really sort of dangerous looking way. I can have a couple of slices of that and a packet of hula hoops and a, you know, a, a granola bar washed down with a warm can of carling. Yeah. Like, and not eat like, for 36 hours. Yeah. And just hope that uh, all the other things I'm putting into my system will balance it all out, um, which is always, uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I I, I will still do it, you know, I, I, but then like when I went to Glastonbury, I'd never been to Glastonbury before I went for the first time in 2017. And I basically paid sort of the price of the ticket again to stay just off site on like a glamping site. Oh, that was great. I do. That. In, at the end of the night, you went, you walk to the sort of edge of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, <clears throat> the edge of the campsite and uh, 
this guy in a golf buggy, you called him up, this guy in a golf buggy drove you basically oh, back to your tent. Fucking hell, yes. So that was, you know, that was a delight. And there was See, like a if, if I did it, I'd have, yeah, I'd have to just save up. I'd, I'd, I'd rather spend the extra money and do that rather than just being in the campsite. Because that, that sounds great. I could do that, I think. Yeah. It's, and, and, and it meant that no matter how sort of horrible and grubby and, you know, like sort of awful and sweaty and dusty you got, you were going back to a place that had like proper showers and, you know, a little kind of bar and restaurant for the morning Ooh. and stuff. So it was like, so it was basically like staying in, it was, um, it was a halfway house between a kind of like little sort of boutique hotel and the um, emergency COVID testing sites. <laughs> like that. All the best bits of both. Should we move on to your festival then? Um, yeah. Your, your special dream festival. Start off, we're going to need a name for it and a location. Well, I'm going to make it because the other, the other kind of festivals that I think will, you know, if, if this summer had gone differently, would be certainly in, in my life. And, and will be in my future are the kind of day festivals in the park where you can take your kids. So I'm going to make it Crystal Palace Park because it's um, it used to be a music venue. Uh, the the Lake Stage used to uh, host bands. It now the the stage, unfortunately, being a lake, it's 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 a literal lake stage. There's a big lake in front of it, and oh. everyone sits on the sort of a kind of nat, like a sort of nat, semi natural amphitheater kind of. So you sit all around the lake and uh, watch music on the st- watch music on the stage but the stage now is so old and you know h- half made of wood that it's kind of sinking they couldn't really they could they could fit a cinema screen on it but they can't fit a um they can't fit human beings on it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The good thing about the lake in front of the stage as well is it stops anyone playing cricket right in front of Absolutely, the Absolutely, yeah. So, Although I, I heard an amazing that. story. Um, I think I heard this from I think I heard this from one of Danny Baker's books talking about seeing a band in um in Crystal Palace back in the day, back in the 70s. He went to see Joe Jackson and um uh, like a, a hippie who was kind of feeling no pain waded out into the lake and sort of danced, was dancing around in the in the lake. I mean it's quite a shallow lake. You know, you, you could, you could probably, I mean, I've, I've never been in it, but I've seen dogs go in it. And they, they, seem, they seem to be fine. They can you know. walk. <laughs> exactly. They can pretty, you know, you, you can still, you can still pretty much see their knees. Um, so this hippie sort of wades out in, up to his waist and is like dancing around and then like reaches into the, like down into the water and spins something around his head and throws it at Joe Jackson and it kind of hits him in the guitar. And um, apparently it was a dead swan. Oh. So, <laughs> so one of the stipulations I'd have to have is if we are going to if we're going to reconstruct the stage, we're also going to have to dredge the water as well. Yeah, okay. You no, know, just like just to make sure there are no shopping trolleys or or, or dead swans or dead swans or dead hippies. It's a, it's a very modern day British retelling of um, the Lady of the Lake pulling Excalibur <laughs> from them. <Yeah. laughs> Well, that swan one. wedged itself in Joe Jackson's chest and whoever was able to pull out the swan <laughs> from Joe Jackson's sternum became the new new wave king. <laughs> Elvis Costello was there, you know, cracking yeah. his knuckles backstage going, this is mine, boys. <laughs> oh, it sounds good, though, that stage. Like, yeah, when, it's beautiful. When and is it's, it last, like, in use? As well, a... for the summer, they use it for, for films. They show films on it. But I, I, I don't know how long it's been since they last... Uh, hosted a band on it 
or an orchestra or anything like that. So it's going to be it's going to be a while. They do do summer festivals in Crystal Palace Park, but they don't perform on the lake stage. But I think that's where I'd like things to be. Cool. A because it's cool. a beautiful setting, and B because I can walk home. That's that yeah. seems to be that that was the the Max Rushton logic, wasn't it, Johnny? Yeah, as long as you can get home within ten minutes afterwards, that's yeah. the place to have it. Absolutely, that's that's great. And I do it. It'll be an it'll be an all day. Uh, let's make so it's just it, one day, yeah. Yeah, let's make it. Let's make it a. Um, I tell you what, we'll do it a Sunday of a bank holiday weekend. How's nice. that? Good day. So when you know, nice long day. Uh, we don't have to worry too much about getting up the next morning. We still got the Monday to sort of sleep it off, but we've got a whole, a whole day of it. You have it. If you have it on the Easter Bank holiday, Joe Jackson can rise again on the third day. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's how we'll start it. Actually, we'll have a a, ceremon- a ceremonial crucifixion <laughs> of whoever's going to be the headliner. So they would they would what we do? They'll do the stations of the cross like uh, Michael Sheen did uh, back in uh, Port Albert. Uh, we will we'll dress them we'll dress them up as the Christ child, and we'll stick a crown of um, like twisted uh, guitar strings, <laughs> like a crown of thorns out of twisted uh, twisted guitar strings, wedge that onto their onto their heads, uh, have them stroll around. You know, people could whip them and jeer stuff at them, and you know, like all that kind of. All yeah. the stations across, you know, uh, they can they can fall at the seventh station, and uh, and someone can you know help them back up again, and they're going to be the the support act. I can't know. wait to hear who this who this headliner is now. Well, <laughs> the yeah, false solo is, has to go through this. This is yeah. Well, uh, we'll the martyr. We'll, we'll get yeah. This is it. The martyr. Um, um, and we, the the right. and, and then obviously we we bury them. This is all. You don't have to come along to the Friday. We bury them <laughs> un, under this. I would bury them under one of the big um, statues in Crystal Palace Park and uh, roll a stone over. They get to hang out there. There's a nice rider in there. You know, they get treated pretty well. Okay, good. Um, it's basically like glamping. It's, basically like, it's, very, it's very similar to the place I stayed in Glastonbury. They're, they're there uh, under the statue. And then at, say, seven o'clock on the Sunday, everybody moves away from the stage. They've watched a load of other bands. They move away from the stage. We roll away the stone and out they come. Give them a little knock their, on the stone. Yeah. In their stage gear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, they, they, they would have been all sort of covered in stage blood and looking awful. <laughs> they've got, they've got two, they've got two days to freshen themselves up and, <laughs> and come back out. What, what, what bank hall, I know Johnny suggested um, that one. What, this is just a general question, which I'm interested in. What, what would be your favorite bank holiday? What would be your bank holiday of choice? Shut up, Johnny. <laughs> he didn't even say. Well, no, we've got to choose one. He might not want the Easter one. I think the Easter one is a good one. I like I the, I I like I the like Maybank that. holiday. The Maybank holiday is, is uh, the McCuntland Festival, so I always enjoy that. But May's um, a good one. But to be honest, I think Easter's, Easter's pretty good. I mean, we, the one thing we do have to worry about an Easter bank holiday is it's not a it's not guaranteed weather-wise because Easter is such a movable feast, isn't it? Sometimes it shows up in like late March, doesn't it? It's, it can really, <laughs> so you're basically, you are basically making, making it the tail end of winter. If you're, you know, it's an outdoor festival by a big expanse of water on what could be one of the coldest days of the year. But um, we're going to... What are you, you doing here at Easter in, in late March? <laughs> I, I feel like we can, yeah, let's, 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 if we, if I know we can sort of resurrect people from the dead, I know actually that's kind of what I've decided to do anyway. But, but um, you know, you can have dead performers uh, perform at your festival. But I think I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be nice weather. It's going to be an unseasonably warm Easter. Cool. You know, so not, that, not again, not, not, 
12 degrees and, and, and a bit of wind like Ed Gumble had. No, 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 no. I want it to be, I think, you know, I, I, the, you'll, you'll see, you'll see why I want this to be a, a summery feeling, fun, sunshine in the sky, you know, uh, all day, you know, all day with a box of wine kind of really, you know, a, a really a, a real party is what I want it to be. I don't want people to sort of start complaining or people to be going, well, maybe we'll skip the headline or maybe we won't go to the stone rolling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's getting a bit parky now. It's getting dark. Let's go. I want it to feel, you know, I want it to still be t-shirt weather at 11 p.m. No, I'm glad. I'm glad we spoke. We're speaking about the the weather because I feel like when this podcast started, we spoke quite a lot about the weather, and then the last kind of six seven episodes, it's trailed off into toilet chat quite early. Oh, yeah. But um, let's let's just assume the toilets are fine. Good. Let's good. call it that. Shall That's we? That's fine. So, yeah. Nice yeah. weather. Good toilets. Nice weather. Good toilets. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and do we have a we have a name for the festival as well? Or is the yes. name Good Weather, Nice Toilet? <laughs> that could be the strap line underneath it because it's always good to it's always good to know that's that's all people really care about. Um, no, it's going to be one hit wonderland. Ah, nice. Yes, that that's always that's already filling me with uh, potential joy of who, who, what the lineup might be. Yeah, I think you've already guessed it. <laughs> I, I think I can we can get we can sort of gauge the theme from yeah. what the name is but um as it's one day should we go through from the gates opening of, of what the plans for the day are okay so basically you want to get there early because every single performer that's performing is only doing one song oh. right so every performer that's performing is performing so it's either people who I would consider to be straight down the middle one hit wonders or <laughs> bands that have maybe had a few other smaller hits but are kind of defined by their biggest hit okay so like of, of course Hanson are going to be performing and i don't want your <laughs> listeners getting up in arms going well they also did where's the love <laughs> <laughs> they're doing them but <laughs> I don't know that one. I don't know that one. Well, exactly. You know, if, if I if I tell you that, in fact, if I tell you the name of the bands that are going to be performing, you you'll know immediately. Or oh, we can play a game. What the song is. I mean, what I basically did now is I've worked out who's I worked out who's opening and I worked out who's closing, and I've worked out a section in the middle. Um, uh, in fact, well, let's let, let, let's go let, through. Let, it. Let's let's do. I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a few here. See, I'll tell you who's uh, who's performing. And this is we're starting with um, the band M with pop music, just because it's a day of pop music, right? Most of these bands are pop bands. Yeah. Um, I thought let's start with everyone talking about pop music. It's a classic one-hit wonder. Um, so, some of the bands that will be playing, of course, Scatman's going to be there. <laughs> yes, of course so, he's going to. 
What is that song called? Because it can't be called Be ba- ba- Badaboo. Oh. No, it's got, I think it's called I'm the Scat Man. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, he's, his, his actual name is Scat Man John. Um, but it's, what, Christian I Matt? Well, no, no, I don't think so. I believe he's Christian John. But, um, but his, his stage name is Scatman John. Yeah. And I think, no, I think the song is just called Scatman, actually. Um, Wait, so it's called, it's, it's called Scatman, and then in brackets, ski, bat, bop, bat, bop, dop. I'm a Scatman. You go. The, 50% the perfect, right. You're the both perfect right. Title. Yeah, the perfect title for it. It tells you exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> Scatman John. And oh, I'm looking at his little face now. God bless him. Yeah, what a, what a delightful man. Sadly, we've lost him, but he's back. Oh. Again, he's back. He's back from the grave. Um, and uh, yeah. He'll, he'll come out, he'll perform. Uh, uh, here's the other stipulation as well. If they want to perform the song more than once, I'm going to let them. Good. So if Scatman wants to do, like if, if he breaks into Scatman's world, honestly, we're pulling the plug on it. He's getting <laughs> off the stage. But if he wants to do I'm the Scatman twice, I would even go to three times. By all means, go for it. If is you want to do three, it- Is there a three time limit, do you reckon? Depending on how good the song is, maybe or how excitable I think, they get. Uh, yeah, how... I, I, I feel like I feel like it will be it will be negotiated ahead of ahead of time. It wouldn't be like you know I wouldn't just say get get up on stage and just have fun with it because <laughs> honestly I don't want to have to I don't want to have to like you know I don't want a furious Hadaway standing at the side of the stage, <laughs> you know, while Eiffel sixty five are doing their seventeenth version of I'm Blue Abadi Abada. You know, I, what I need is I need I need them to say look. <laughs> okay, we've got Dexys. They're going to come on and do "Come On Eileen." Now, okay, I appreciate not a one-hit wonder, but let's face it: if you think of Dexys, you're thinking of "Come On Eileen." I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Dexys fan. I've, I've been to see Dexys live and I love them. But I think, you know, if you say to most people, Dexys Midnight Runners, they're thinking, come on, Eileen. If you said name a second song, they might be able to name Gino. Gino, maybe, That's yeah. Or, or um, uh, 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 I'm in Heaven, Jackie Wilson said. Uh, but, you know, they'd, 
I, agree. I think most people would most people would struggle. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. Now they perform that song live, um, in in their live show, and they they do a sort of breakdown where they play the song, and they do a sort of breakdown where sort of Kevin Rowland kind of serenades Eileen as if he's kind of going, you know, this is the person you've made me. You you, you know, like I love you and I hate you, and you know, like it's it's a really amazing bit because he's he sort of he sort of sings the song and then sings within the song a song to the song. Because obviously he must hate the fact that, like I, I actually saw Dex's at, at Latitude the first time I ever saw them. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're, they're playing these amazing, they had a, 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 a great new album out and they're playing these amazing songs and people are waiting very patiently, but kind of, you can see people slowly drifting off. Yeah. And then when they play Come On Eileen, everyone goes berserk and it must be a frustrating thing for a band to, uh, to have to deal with. Because so he, he's kind of a maverick genius, isn't he? Like his, Kevin Rowland, yeah, his, his solo stuff. What, what's that album where he's like he's wearing a dress on the My on Beauty? The yeah, they've just re-released yeah. it. Yeah, brilliant. He did a load of covers. Yeah, he he's he's a phenomenal, a phenomenal, and also like the way he approached music. Like he didn't just approach. We're going to write these songs. And this is what we're going to do. They all had a, a look. You know, they they had it. They all they all exercised together. Like part <laughs> of their sort of being in Dexys was you all you went running with with Kevin Rowland every morning before you rehearsed, and it's like so he, he sort of he he clearly had a big vision. Um, but we're not going to have to. We're not going to put Kevin Rowland through the torture of performing. You know, tell me when my light turns green, and people wandering out of the stage. He's oh. just performing. Come on, Eileen. Yeah, and that's it. You know, there's that's no fair. disappointment. There's no bit where, you know, there's no bit where the you know, you go and see a, a band who's been around for a long time, and as soon as they go, this is a new one, everybody sits down. You know, and they could be, they could be, they could be on a, a total run of form, a real, you know, return to form. But I went and saw Neil Diamond, and every, largely everyone sits down because <laughs> his audience are ancient, <laughs> but they want it. They want to hear, you know, they want they want to hear um, uh, Sweet Caroline. They want to hear, uh, you know, Cherry Cherry Holly Holy, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, love on the rocks love on the rocks exactly they don't yeah. want to hear whatever you know new song he's written about what it was like to grow up in brooklyn yeah yeah, yeah. old um so uh so yeah i'll tell you some of the other the other bands who are performing Go for it. so we've got the crash test dummies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh is that the one um it is yeah that's exactly that's Once it Once there was a girl Yeah, it's not the one on Dumb and Dumber is um, uh, Peter Pumpkinhead, which is a X, uh, XTC cover version. Okay. But um, but I yeah, love no, that song it, as well. I know, yeah. I know, I know the one. You, go on, Johnny. Do you want to carry on singing it? Yeah, it was, yeah. That, I've never that was great. It before. That was a really gorgeous. You've got a really nice bass baritone there. <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you very much. I've uh, many many years spent in the shower perfecting my uh, crash test dummies voice. So they're coming. It's out, an absolutely doing... nonsensical song as well. When you when you really break it down. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, so there's a there's a, a bunch of different sort of like weird sort of, I guess, like stories of weird teenage embarrassment. Is that what it would be? Yeah, there's a, there's like, a girl who's got birthmarks all over her body. who doesn't want to sort of uh, change with, with the other kids in the change room. 
there's somebody who's a member of an evangelical church. Yeah, but that's like that's presented as the the most embarrassing one of all. But their yeah, parents right. go to church and um, speak in tongues and things like that. Yeah, that's that's a very good point actually. He says that like, but both girl and boy were sad, but one kid had it worse than that, and yeah. it's the kid who had to go to church. <laughs> So which which song? Which, I don't know if we've actually said which song we're going for. Oh, it's mm. Johnny said Nicole. the title. Mm, but... mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I thought so. I think we'll stick them next to uh, uh, Hanson as well. <laughs> well. No, we've got it. We have an mm section. <laughs> yes. It's just before lunch. <laughs> Everyone's getting hungry. We have an mm section. Mm bop into mm mm mm. Um, who who else have we got? Do you pre prefer that joke? Because. No, no, I've just, I've just suddenly thought pretty good. <laughs> it's also worth pointing out that the first kid in that song's hair uh, went bright white. That was the embarrassing thing. That yeah, he had a shock and his hair turned from black into bright white. Yeah. Um, Happens to the best of us. It really does. <laughs> um, we'll have we'll have the the knack. Do you know the knack? My sh- no. My yes, Sharona. my Sharona. Yeah. So they're they're performing my Sharona. Yeah. We'll have we'll have D Light. Grooves in that. The grooves in the highs are really really legitimately amazingly good songs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic. And fantastic what what surprises song. me about a lot of these people is how you can write one incredible, catchy, really good song and then never be able to recreate that ever again. Yeah, but they it do was... though. They they often do like well, like like Matthew's saying there about you know like we've saying about um, Dexy's Midnight Runners. They got tons of great songs. It's just one you know, captures mo- people's imagination. Like uh, another good example. I'm sorry if you're gonna pick them. You might. But the Lars, um, yeah, no, I don't. Ha- I didn't have them as a one-hit wonder because that album is such a like it's exactly. so well regarded as an album. I didn't exactly. sort of think of it, but I guess they kind of are, aren't but they? But if this, in the same way as Dexys, if you ask ninety-nine percent of the population, I, I would say most people would only know that song. There she theirs. goes, yeah. And yeah. it's been on so many like you know American sitcoms and films and stuff. Whereas, as you say, that album is like a seminal album. But no, 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 none of the other songs off it get any play. No. Um, yeah. No, I, I hadn't picked the Lars, actually. Um, I didn't pick uh, They Might Be Giants, who are one of my favourite bands. Oh, really? Is that, why you could, is that why you didn't pick them? Because you didn't want to reduce well, I, them to this? I, it's, yeah. I mean, I said, I said the same thing about Dexys. But I, I, I think, I mean, I guess Birdhouse In Your Soul is, would, be, would be their biggest hit. But I think they've, I mean, have they had other... Other yes, you're not you're not the boss of me. Yeah, the Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, song. maybe that's maybe that's that's a, that's enough of a reason not to pick him. They're a two-hit wonder. They're a t- exactly. <laughs> um, so, who else have we got performing? Four non-blondes are going to be there. Up. What's up? She, she is an incredible songwriter as well. Yeah, she's written Linda for, Perry, yeah. Um, Pink and Christina Aguilera. She wrote Beautiful for Christina Aguilera, I think. Yeah. It's a massive song. I think she wrote for Gwen Stefani as well. So she obviously knows how to write a song. It just apart from that one. Never I think it's just luck. I, you know what? This is, it is a really good question. Like, uh, welcome to our TED talk. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like you say, like they, they are, uh, I'm trying to, I'm, you're, Maybe the the one hit wonder song they write is just that good, I suppose. Um, well, it's, I was trying it's... to think. Someone the other day was saying about they went to carry on. Sorry, I'll, I'll think about. No, no, it's it's it's, it's interesting because I was I was looking. Obviously, I, I 
I, I sort of wrote as many as I could just thinking of them. And they went on a few kind of greatest one hit wonder uh, lists to sort of beef up the list. Um, and um, Gotcha kept, uh, is, it, is that how you'd say it? Got, Gautier? Oh, yeah, oh, somebody that I used to know. Yeah, yeah. which I, I didn't realise this. That was like the number one best-selling song of 2012. And he's what? never had another hit. So like oh. that one year, he completely smashed the charts with that one song. And it and was everywhere, wasn't it? It was absolutely everywhere, though. It's still huge. Yeah, it still gets it still gets played on the radio. It still gets played on certainly on on, on X, and we've played it a few times. Um, and that, um, it was another one around that. Well, a, a bit after, but uh, take me to church. That who's that guy? Is that Hosier? Yeah. I don't know any. Of, I don't know. He might have a rich back catalogue, but I, I mean that song. He had an amazing voice, but I don't remember him doing anything else. No. But I guess that I guess that's the, like it's it, it it must it kind of proves that it's the second song that's the hardest one to write, isn't it? It's getting it's capitalizing. I mean, you can and I think what a lot of people do, if you look at someone like Rednecks, <laughs> right? Now Rednecks, obviously, no one's gonna no one's gonna argue with uh, Cotton Eye Joe as being a huge banger, right? That's a you know that's gonna be you know just as just as the sun's going down, a little bit of a hoedown by the late <laughs> stage. Nice. You know, I think that's gonna that's gonna work, but um, they what they did after it was um, they released a song called Pop and Old Oak. Have you ever heard that? No. <laughs> well, if you, <laughs> Do I want yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll encourage your listeners to go and listen to Pop and Old Oak. It's effectively the exact same song. It's like basically. <laughs> But it's not about a man who had cotton eyes. Which of course we can all relate to. It's about an old man smoking a pipe up a tree. <laughs> so, what's it called again? It's called popping an old oak. And it even right, like where did you come from? Where did you go? Yeah, it's like popping an old oak. Popping old oak. Popping old smoke. Really. Like, I can't believe they got away with it. Surely someone, one of their, you know, someone at their record company goes, come on, guys, give this five more minutes and work out a middle eight that's not identical to... <laughs> I guess it's not plagiarism if you're plagiarising yourself. <laughs> exactly, oh, yeah. <laughs> What about, um, do, uh, do Aqua make, make the list? No, Tommy, right. They put, like, Dr. Jones and Turn Dr. Back Time. Yeah, Turn that's time, true. No, I'm like, wrong. Yeah, you're song. right. You're Baby, right. I've been missing you. We can't have that. No, there's no way. No, you're right. We can't you're have right. Aqua. It's on the sliding door soundtrack, Tommy. Come on. Okay, okay. No, I'll, should... I'll give you that. I'll... As soon as I said it, I thought, you you fucking idiot. Shut Cartoon, up. Cartoon Heroes. And that was another Aqua song. I can name four Aqua songs. Yeah, That's they've it. got it. They've got a greatest hits in them, Aqua. Um, <laughs> whereas Deep Blue Something, I could put a, <laughs> I could put a gun to anybody's. I could put a gun to, like, you know, the, the, the head of Rolling Stone magazine's uh, head and go right name me another song by deep blue something we've already had breakfast at tiffany's <laughs> yeah.
there's I don't know Wait, if any, great song great song Breakfast at Tiffany's legitimately one of my absolute favorite songs ever my sister bought the cassette when I must have been about eight years old and I absolutely love it but at the same time there's an amazing I don't know if you've ever used a website letterboxd which yes the cinema you've watched yeah. yeah but there's an you can make playlists of different films on there and there's an amazing playlist of um Films, it's called Movies That Would More or Less Scan the Same But Arguably Make for More Interesting Replacements for the Titular Film Reference in the Chorus of Deep Blue Something's 1995 hit single, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Wow. <laughs> and so you've got... Can you give us some examples? I can. So I said, what about A Sense of History? Uh, <laughs> so I said, what about Police Academy? I think <laughs> I, I prefer that, yeah. yeah. Well, but the, the tricky thing is then, uh, if, if you're going to do Police Academy... And I, uh, so, and, and she said, yeah, I remember the film. You'd have to go, well, which one? Because there's seven of them. <laughs> you know, you can't go. And I said, what about Police Academy 7, Mission to Moscow? You know, you can't do that. It doesn't. Yeah, I think I'm going to pair them with um, the Rembrandts. I knew you were going to say that. Because I feel like in my mind, this, you know, I, I don't think Breakfast at Tiffany's ever showed up on any of the Friends soundtrack albums, but it feels like it's of the same world. You know, it was that kind of time when everybody was making that kind of jangly, kind of guitar-y pop that sort of owed a bit, a bit of a debt of gratitude to like R.E.M., but was a bit, was clearly a lot more kind of like, you know, preppy than that. Yeah, yeah. That's so I'd, I'd have them. I might even have actually. I've just thought of something. There's, there's. I might even have um, uh, Lilies. Do you remember the song uh, "Nanny in Manhattan" by Lilies? I don't know. Uh, which I think me. I think was on uh, was on like a Levi's advert back right. in the day when I mean there's going to be a, there'll be a Levi's section of course. Back in the day when <laughs> Levi's were making Obviously. people were making people one hit wonders. Stiltskin inside. We're doing that. <laughs> of course, we've got to have uh, uh, Spaceman. Babylon Zoo. I'm not going to count any. I mean, I think, again, like, yeah, he released The Boy with the X-Ray Eyes, but it wasn't a big chart banger in the same way that Spaceman was. Um, when, I, when I was, um, when Babylon Zoo appeared on Top of the Pops, I remember my friend Paul, who I was very, we were both into music together, and he was in a, we were both in a band together and obsessed with music. And we'd been really excited about, like, because we'd, we'd not heard the whole song. We just heard the bit off the advert, which is the kind of speeded up voice bit. We didn't know yeah. that it was going to be this sort of, you know, this kind of weird sort of slightly crap tin machine impression <laughs> for the rest of the song. But he um, he called me immediately after the, the, the song had finished. And he's like, did you see that? Did you see Babylon Zoo on top of the pops? Well, that's it. All music has to change. <laughs> This is like year zero for music. Space man, I always wanted you. 
never been anything like it. And it's like, yeah, there's been loads of stuff. Like it was, you know, yes, he was wearing a silver dress, but you know, I'll refer you back to 1973 when every fucking band on top of the pops wore a silver dress. <laughs> Right, forget Bowie, forget Bowie. Yes, exactly, <laughs> none of that's happened. <laughs> yeah, Bowie did that whole thing, but Babylon Zoo were doing it right. <laughs> Bowie should have done it the first time. But I think that's why I was, that's why I was friends with Paul, because he saw things in, in you know, in absolute terms, you know. <laughs> if you liked a band, if if, 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 if if he liked a band, then they were good. If he didn't like a band, they were bad. And there was no way you could, you couldn't, you couldn't argue him round. I like all or nothing people like that, though, like, yeah. like kind of black or white people, because at least you know where you stand. <laughs> I mean, this is, um, well, I like people of all colours, uh, Tommy. Uh, but, uh... <laughs> We've already established that by him having Eiffel 65. Exactly. I enjoy a blue That's person. <laughs> I only like black or white people. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think especially, it's a real attitude, right? that would have been when we were very early teenagers. So it's a real attitude you have at that age of just going, this is good, this is bad. Like I mean, when I was a kid, it was always, you couldn't like Pearl Jam and Nirvana. You know, you had to pick one. You had to be like, this is the, this is the band I like. And we were always Nirvana, you know, Pearl Jam was seen as this sort of like really, and weirdly we liked all of the other kind of metal adjacent grunge bands like Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and, you know, uh, but, but uh, for some reason well, Pearl Jam, we just saw them as a real rival to, to well, Nirvana. Maybe, maybe that's why like, subconsciously maybe that's why I, i'm not into pearl jam because i'm i'm such a massive nirvana fan look at johnny's face oh it's winding him up so much pearl jam are johnny's favorite band oh i'm sorry um, I, you know, sorry, I, I, i'm just glad that i'm not the one that sort of forced this podcast to move into grunge for once um, <laughs> somebody I, else um, brought them up but I, 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 I sort of saw that i sort of saw like nirvana as being i, I don't know why i cared about you know, they're just better. They're, they're just better, movement. aren't they? They are a better band, yeah, definitely. But I also saw them as like um Sorry, I sort of I liked the kind of garage punk side of grunge a lot more than I liked the kind of stadium. Hair, hair metal stadium side of so like my you know my my top bands of those of that kind of era were like Mud Honey, yeah, uh, you know, and 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 Nirvana and Screaming Trees. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All of those bands that would would um pop up on the kind of um like all the kill rockstar compilations all of those kind of bands i like those those bands a lot more than i did even bands like soul asylum who i know you know weren't really in they could be at your festival bands, but runaway, yeah. runaway train was a big one hit one i think it? so yeah they probably they probably could um, and they might find some missing children with the, if they put with the video the, with that well. weird that weird video yeah <laughs> oh that's just popped a, a band that's just popped into my head that have to be here the the canals 74, 75. Do you know that song? Sing it for us, Matthew. So, <laughs> I'm happy to. I've got, I've got yeah, a set of pipes. I'm always <laughs> so. Um, it, it it goes, I was the one that you know, I was your sorry ever after, 74, 75. Does oh, that, that ring any bells? That rings Give a bell it for me, me more and I'll decline. Maybe I'm, I'm just really getting so into your version of it. 74, 75. But the video, right? 
the video was it's quite Love a that. sad video thank oh, you beautiful beautiful the video is clearly people who graduated this, this probably came out in about 94 it was clearly people who graduated in 74 75 <laughs> and it was their yearbook photos and then it was them now so um so it was quite a weird like a weirdly emotional so video weird. to watch so you'd see like somebody you know you'd see somebody with like you know like a buzz a buzz cut hair hairdo and um and then it would cut to them and they've got kids and there was like one guy i remember like it's a picture of him and then it cuts to him and he's in a wheelchair and uh like he's got his kids around him but it looks quite sad like oh there's something bad has happened to him that's put him in a wheelchair and then they did like maybe two or three years ago they got all the people who'd been in that in that uh like video and did it again so now you see what they look like in like 2017 and um i just don't get the appeal of like the directors of that video in in like it's such a progressive time the 90s you got like fucking you got grunge and you got brit pop over here and just they're like no this is this is the video we need to make well it was just basically designed to sort of make people feel nostalgic for an age they didn't even live through you know it just sounds like the alt rock version of child of our time What's Child of Our Time? I don't know what that was is. Was it Rob, yeah. Dr. Professor Robert Winston, where he went every five years? There were some kids that were born, oh, and then every like, five years he visited. Like Seven Up, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Or on um, on uh, the US office with Michael's... Uh, shit, what are they called? Uh, when Michael, Michael Scott... Scott's Tots, that's it. Michael Scott oh, yeah. promises to pay for everyone's, He's pay um, everyone's college tuition fee. Yeah, this black African American school's college fees, and then uh, it gets to the actual time, and he still shows up on the day. Mr. Scott, I know you're a busy man, and your schedule moves around a lot. But for all your generosity through the years, your tots who are ready to graduate thought it was time to give you a proper thank you. is the lowest rated episode ever of the US office even like the not as good ones when Steve Carell's left because everyone's just like I just have to skip past it it's one of the most it's just too depressing oh it's horrible because he's yeah you grow to love him so much Michael Scott and then there's just this one episode where he's like wow he's actually a piece of shit yeah but like I mean like I'm I feel like he's it's kind of like he's he's desperate to be loved there's an idiocy to him that he's like oh if I make this promise He's not, he's not doing it to, he, he wasn't thinking, oh, it's going to be amazing when I show up at that school and everyone's angry at me. He's no, like, he, 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 he had time. in his head, oh, uh, somewhere down the line, I'll have made the money. Exactly, yeah. Pay for people's college tuition fees. But yeah, I remember that being absolutely excruciating. Yeah. But um, Sorry, I don't know how we got there, but yeah, go on. But um, anyway. <laughs> 74, 75. 74, yeah. 75. They're, they're playing. Um, and... I'll, 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 so I'll, let's let's work towards. I mean, basically, I'm just now listing listing songs, but there's a couple of s- sections I want to talk about. Okay. So, um, basically, there's three three different people have had a one hit wonder with the same song. Ooh. So, um, the song is "Spirit in the Sky," 
And yeah. so Norman Greenbaum had a had a hit with it. First of all, he wrote it and uh, released it. Then Doctor. I know Medics. one of the names. I think. Oh yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. Who's the, the other Kumars. one? It's the Kumars. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna have after lunch. We've all broken for lunch. We had the we had the um section. Everyone goes off and has lunch. We come back and get get a little bit of religion with the Kumars. Followed by Doctor and the Medics, followed by Norman Greenbaum, all playing the same song, Spirit in the Sky. I think that's for people who want to take a slightly longer lunch. You know, <laughs> you've got to give people a choice, you know. Um, so that's that's the, we're, we're definitely having that. As Man um, United fans, we sing it about um, Georgie Best, and that's like one of the most prominent Man United songs. So maybe like we can, you can have like a chorus of. Which version do you sing? Do you sing the Kumar's version? <laughs> we sing the Kumar's <laughs> version, yeah. You know, I know, the first version I heard of it was the Kumar's one because I would have been about 12 and I was obsessed with that programme. I had it on DVD. Oh, yes, one bad hair day could ruin him. No. It's true. Well, I don't have that problem. No, bitter. Every day is a bad bum day for you. I think it was a was it a Hale and Pace? Oh, sorry, not a Hale and Pace. It was it was a it was a comic relief song, wasn't it? Because I, was, yeah. I also want Hale and Pace to perform it, obviously, with uh, doing the stonk, the comic relief. <laughs> They've got to do that. Um, but but yeah, the, the, the comic relief songs. I had to sort of steal myself. I had to be very sort of strict with myself, not just put all of the comic relief songs through. Um, <laughs> because also oh, some, of, some real restraint there. Some man. of them aren't by one hit wonders. A lot of people, a lot of people said uh, listed. Right said Fred is a one hit wonder, which I think is an absolute disgrace. Now, obviously, ignoring their kind of current forays into sort of slightly, slightly wacky yeah. politics, um, Deeply Dippy's a banger, right? Yeah. Deeply yeah. Dippy is a huge song. Yeah. And also, they had, um, they did a comic relief song, Stick It Out. So let's not, <laughs> so unfortunately, I'd love let's to not hear pigeonhole them. Yeah, let's not pigeonhole these guys. All these other, like, you know, Delight, Eagle Eye Cherry, Meredith Brooks, they're all fine. We're counting all of these. Um, so that's that's another section, and the way that the way the show is going to end, because obviously you um, you've got to sort of think about winding it down. It's a bit, it's a little bit like making a compilation album. This festival, it's not about how the bands fit together; it's about how the songs fit together. So later into the night, we're going to uh, obviously as the as the sun's gone down, um, Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers are going to come out and do the Monster Mash. Oh yeah. Um, it's not just for Halloween. It's a wonderful song in its own it right. Yeah. The, crit the Crit Kickers is quite good for when you roll the stone away from the... Uh... Well, this is, that's the, it all fits together, doesn't it? The, yeah. And he um, totally did that on purpose, didn't you, Matthew? Absolutely. It's, <laughs> I mean, this, is not just, this is not just me reading out a, 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 a list of, of singles, you know. Um, so then we are, we, we, we are slowly, we're slowly winding down. We've got um, Europe to play the final countdown. Yes, because that's getting to, that's getting towards the end. Bang, yeah. We've got 
then we, we, we come to our headliners. Now, I, I think this is a band, again, they've, got, they've had plenty of songs and in, in certain circles are an incredibly well-regarded band and actually not well-regarded for the sort of music that this song is. But when we roll away the stone, you're going to see the imposing figure of Dan Burt Nobacon of Chumbawamba. <laughs> because Chumbawamba yes. yeah. are going to be the headline act of the festival. They're going to be, they're going to, they're going to parade in their long fake leather jackets or whatever it was they, they used to wear up towards the, onto the lake stage. And they're going to do, I, I don't care if it's 45 minutes long, their version of tub thumping. It could be as long as, <laughs> as long as you like. by that point we've been, we've been drinking all day you know we've got through the watching the kumars we've we've we've, we've pushed through we're ready for a big party everyone's throwing themselves around um, they leave the stage of course people want more oh. of course people want more I thought that was it i thought we no no the nature of this festival is they can't come back and do an encore right there's no encores at one thank hit fuck. Bands. thank fuck i hate encores yeah exactly so instead Who's this? Who's wandered onto the stage? You think it's all about to finish? Who's wandered onto the stage? Oh my God. It's only semi sonic. Yes. <laughs> They're playing closing time. Uh, I was waiting everybody, for them. everybody pairs up. They finish their whiskey and beer. They don't have to go home, but they can't stay here. We're closing the park. Uh, Everybody's out. I'll be honest. I thought you were going to say when someone comes on stage after Chumba One Bit, it was going to be John Prescott and Chumba. <laughs> Chumba One Bit were going to come and throw some uh, throw some water on him. Oh my it. god! Can we do that actually, Johnny? That's how that that's how the set ends. John Prescott throws a. Although Chumba One Bit, I was, I was, I was hoping on them, and I knew they'd be quite high up the bill. But I did used to love a song. And it's mainly because I didn't know what tequila was when I was seven, but I remember they had a song called Tequila, which was which I love that song. It was like, oh, tequila, it makes me happy. That's Terrorvision, mate. You've you've confused your bands. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I yeah, I, and, and Terrorvision is a band that I, you know, well, I they... was searching Chumbawamba on Spotify all these years. Tequila, it makes me happy. Oh, come tequila, it feels fine. Come tequila when the doors are open. I'm 
no, no, no. If you go to Terrorvision, uh, now Terrorvision were a band who, again, if you were like a sort of a young kind of metal rock fan in the early 90s, Terrorvision had an album called How to Make Friends and Influence People. And it was huge. And it had a like it had some amazing songs. You're right. Um, yeah. uh, and they were great. And they were sort of like, you know, a well-regarded Kerrang! level well, uh, kind of rock band. Awards Kerrang! for best track uh, yeah. in 1998. Uh, wow. There you yeah. go. So they released this song, Tequila, which I think the actual version they recorded was not... Like, the one, the one that became famous was a remix. It's a bit like the Corner Shop version of um, Brimful of Asher. Their version wasn't quite as... Um, as upbeat and party, but it was a remix that became, and they and then and they had a whole new lease of life. But yeah, they, they're not. So they're did Chumbo not... cover it? Or I don't yeah, think so. No, I up. think that it's 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 the oh. kind of music. If Chumbawamba made more songs that sounded like tub thumping, that's the kind of music they would have made. Yeah. But actually, Chumbawamba were like a kind of um, like a kind of uh, anarchist uh, agitprop folk band. Yeah. So, like, I, I remember seeing the footage of them performing at Glastonbury, and they would do like a cappella songs about homophobia. So they're not that oh. band. They're not like a laddie band at all. Um, I think, but obviously that that song you, you has become that, bigger than them. That's like I've gone so quiet because you know you hold on, you have something in your head for twenty two fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> have you had Mandela effect about Chumba Wumba? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other one, the, the other one that springs to mind is when. I, I thought Hernan Crespo was called Herman Crespo. And I remember my brother broke it to me when I was a lot older than I should have been, especially as someone who played on Football Manager and FIFA a lot. And he's like, are you saying Herman Crespo? I was like, yeah, there's no such thing as a song called Hernan. Yeah, but and, it's, it, yeah. To your, and by the way, I have just had to Google who that is because I'm not a football fan. But um, there is no name. That's not a name, Hernan. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. You but, were, um, was Herman in the Mon Monsters? Yeah, Herman Monster, yeah. Yeah, that's where I had it from, I think. There's plenty of Hermans out there, Herman Hess, you know. There's, there's that, there's that um, sausage shop called Herman the German, you know. There's, Herman is a, 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 completely, a completely acceptable name. I'm pretty sure the, the, the Lobs was one of the characters off of um, Disney's, uh, God, uh, Little Mermaid. I think one of them was called Herman as well, maybe the Lobster. So that's where I think, yeah. Well, Sebastian, Sebastian the Crab. I don't know about Herman the Lobster. Yeah, yeah. I think you might have got a sort of slightly dodgy, <laughs> a knockoff one. Did you buy yours down the pub? Was it in a paper sleeve? So when he was buying uh, tequila by Chumbawamba, I <laughs> I've got these little figurines of Herman the Lobster from the Little, from the little Mermaid, and I've got these CD, burnt CD copies of tequila. <laughs> My whole life's been a lie. <laughs> can, I, can I throw out two more bands that you weren't that weren't mentioned? Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. New Radicals. You only get yes, you I give. actually had you get what you give. Yes, of course. Great. One. And um, Len, Steal My Sunshine. I've got him on the list one. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Shall I just, shall I just for, for um, completeness. For, uh, completeness sake. You're going to love doing this on the Spotify playlist, aren't you, Johnny? I, well, You're I not. Should... If you put every single one of these in the episode, it's going to be about a three hour one. <laughs> I'm not, but let, should, let's see where we get. We should do a Spotify playlist of these, but here we go. So we've got um, M pop music. We've got The Knack, My Sharona. We've got Hanson Umbop, Crash Test Tummies, mm -mm -mm. 
uh, Dexy's come on Eileen, Chumbawamba tub thumping, D-like groovies in the heart, Norman Greenbaum spiritless guy, Doctor and the Medic spiritless guy, the Kumar spiritless guy, Semisonic closing time, um, Rednecks Cotton Eye Joe, Scatman, I'm the Scatman, uh, Wigfield Saturday night, Eiffel 65, I'm blue, Hadaway, what is love, Terry Wogan's floral dance, um, Europe final countdown, EMF unbelievable, White Town Your Woman, Len Steal My Sunshine, Brand Van 3000 drinking in LA, Corona Rhythm of the Night, Edison Lighthouse, Love Knows Where My Rosemary Goes, Four Non Blondes, What's Up, New Radicals, You Get What You Give, Eagle Eye Cherry Save Tonight, Meredith Brooks Bitch, Macy Gray I Try, Natalie and Brulia Torn, Lou Baker Mambo Number Five, Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers Monster Mash, Weather Girls, It's Raining Men, Rembrandt's Theme from Friends, Brackets, I'll Be There for You, Deep Blue Something, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Billy Ray Cyrus, Aki Breaky Heart, Nena, 99 Love Balons, she's also allowed to do 99 Red Balloons, the English version, uh, Babylon Zoo, Spaceman, Stiltskin Inside, Hail and Pace the Stonk, Crazy Town Butterfly, Eni Kamosi, Here Comes a Hot Stepper, oh. and Sir Mix a Lot, Baby Got Back. Now I think about it, it might have to be a three-day festival. Oh. <laughs> also, and the best thing about that is Tommy doesn't now have to do a run. I know. Of I, I put my notepad down. <laughs> I usually have to read up, read the lineup at the end, and I was like, "This is going to be fucking horrendous." There you um, go. Happy to do although, it. Joey. Although I guess, well, no, that, that was incredible. I'll, I'll read out again the um, just just to add on to that. They're just the. They're the one hits of the one hit wonders, but the, the actual structure part, we've yes. also got the, the, the pre-evening, ev- well, early evening, sort of late afternoon of the spirit in the, in the sky um, section mm-hmm. with uh, <laughs> Dots and the Medics, Norman Greenborn and the Kumars, let's not forget. Of course. And Gareth Gates, I should say, because it's technically it's Gareth yeah, Gates also. and the Kumar, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think him, they're yeah. just saying funny stuff over the top. Of course, Gareth Gates, not a not a one hit wonder. And I did toy with the idea of going, well, do you do you let Robbie Williams and, and Kylie come on and just do kids? Well, they didn't have another hit together, did they? Exactly. But then I think, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow Gareth Gates and the Kumars, because people remember the Kumars as being such a big part of that song. Yeah. And also it fits with the with the spirit in the sky section. But yeah, well, that's, that's the that, thing. I didn't even remember that it was with Gareth Gates, and I, I, I think I had the single this. of that. Like, <laughs> um, and then, well, we're rolling back the stone, aren't we, for the for the evening where we have Chumbawamba doing <laughs> that's a, right. yeah. <laughs> doing tequila for forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And then, I, uh, I, I, I will I will insist that throughout tub thumping, you are stood at the side of the stage, <laughs> heckling them to play tequila. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine, gonna. Fine. I've booked. I've also booked television <laughs> just to come and watch <laughs> because I don't count them as a one-hit wonder band. I think Alice, what's the matter in middle and stuff like that? We're not going to count it. I mean, Kerrang's 1998 song of the year one is they can't be a one-hit wonder no, band. No, no way, no way. And then to finish it off, we have a semi-sonic doing closing time. Uh, Matthew Crosby. That was an incredible one-off, um, significant. A big day in our in the Your Fest history because I don't think we've ever had anything like that, have we, Johnny? Uh, we, no, it's our second one-day festival, but I think our first where uh, every single band is only playing one song. So. <laughs> I saw John. I saw Johnny's like uh, his kind of his eyes kind of lit up when you when you said the the, the theme. You're, you're you're pretty well versed on one hit wonders, seemingly, Johnny, as well. Yeah, I, I just. Safe Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry was one of the one of the along with Richard Blackwood, um, but I'm going to argue that he had no hits. Um, is one of the, one of the <laughs> we're first. not having anyone who did yet. <laughs> Johnny, we're trying to fucking book him. He's our dream guest. Stop, <laughs> stop slagging him off, you idiot. You can cut this out. You won't um, this far. He needs to know.
That was episode 21 of Your First with the fantastic, wonderful and incredibly polite and fan of One Hit Wonders, Matthew Crosby. And there were some acts on there that I would absolutely love to see to play their one song over and over again. Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something, for example, as well as New Radicals. And Len, what about you, Tommy? Who are you particularly looking forward to at One Hit Wonderland? Um, it's a tough one. You'd probably, uh, probably Chumba Wamba doing tequila. Uh, that, that would be my... <laughs> <laughs> my choice no uh and one more thing i'd like to add is i've never that's one of the most excited i've seen johnny during an episode and your knowledge of one hit wonders is uh admirable what i lack in knowledge of arctic monkeys and kanye west i more than make up for in knowledge of four non-blondes and the crash test dummies yeah <laughs> which is arguably more more useful bigger cultural impact if anything anyway <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, go back and listen to our old episodes. There's 20 others to choose from. All of them fantastic. All of them have great guests. So please go and listen to them. You can also follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Crosby. Go and listen to Pappy's Flat Share as well. It's a great podcast. Go and listen to his show with Ed Gamble on Radio X. Also, go and follow Your Fest on Twitter and Instagram at Your Fest Podcast. Follow me on Twitter. We won't mention the other social network. At Don't Johnny do it. Gabriel. Leave him alone. And follow Tommy on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Andrew Show. And we'll see you again next week for episode 22, <laughs> Two Little Ducks. We'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. bye.